I gotta say, I'm pretty nervous about what I'm walking into today because the uh, anger and disappointment sounded like that started about an hour and a half ago. Is that, is that accurate? I mean, I haven't looked at the text line until just now. Like, It's a rather subdued meltdown. It's, it's not, I, it, we're, not it, a good attitude? Nothing will ever compare to David Hicks Day. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, I hope that's true. But, yeah, there, there are people that are certainly dissatisfied, <sighs> disappointed. Not thrilled with the developments in Peyton Pierce's recruitment, which is understandable. That's totally, like, I get totally it. understandable. I get it. No, I'm not going to try loss, to talk man. you out of being upset about this one. This is a this is a tough loss. If this is what happens at 6 p.m. tonight, and it does seem like that's what's going to happen, is that linebacker uh, four star Peyton Pierce will pick uh, Ohio State tonight. There were some obvious OU connections there. Uh, he was a big fan, or is a big fan of Brent Venables. I guess that can still be true even after tonight. And no, it doesn't mean that OU's chances are zero after tonight, but, I mean, it is pretty telling if he's going to go ahead and commit to Ohio State because this news is seemingly, seemingly, like, not only is the commit to Ohio State shocking, it feels like the timeline of the commitment is just as surprising, if yes. not more. Yes, it is. Now, it, here's, here's what you must keep in mind. A, Ohio State is typically pretty good about pushing guys to commit early in the cycle. That's not really Oklahoma's game under Brent Venables. And B, Peyton Pierce has a lot of stuff that ties him to Oklahoma, to both the state and the university. And so here's what you can conclude, Tyler, is that henceforth in the Peyton Pierce recruitment, Ohio State is all you have to worry about. Like if he flips, if he flips, if tonight isn't the end, and it may be, tonight may be the end. Could be. But if tonight is not the end. It'll be Oklahoma that flips it. Uh, not everyone is upset. Gunny text in, says, I'm high, my guy, so I'm not too angry. <laughs> so good to hear from you, Gunny. Glad you're having a nice 2 o'clock on a Tuesday. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's, it's a tough loss. Now, I don't know if we need to have like a uh, positivity hour or a tell me something good segment for a segment from the text line about with what's going on in 2024. It's a tough loss. Not going to try to say it any other way th- than that. But this also, at the same time, isn't the highest-rated prospect that you have on your board. So if you're looking for something, I guess that's something. This isn't necessarily losing williams Winery, but it kind of felt like this guy was a... I mean, the confidence level was pretty high coming into the cycle that he was going to be a part of this class. And again, maybe he is in the end, but OU's going to have a really, really tough fight here. I guess the question now is, will Peyton Pierce take a visit will he make it here for the spring game or and any visits imminent like that's, that's the next what step immediately here. becomes intriguing because if he starts showing up on campus with oklahoma then maybe just maybe it's not just blind hope and optimism because keep in mind here tyler oklahoma has flipped an elite dfw area defender named peyton before yeah, that's why someone just said we do not have best recruiting luck with guys named Peyton. Well, well not, I mean, not you initially, kinda, you kinda, yeah, you went out in the end on that one. Yeah, so th- that that is what I will be most intrigued to see as we follow the Peyton Pierce situation here over the next few months. Is can Oklahoma get him back on campus? Because if they can, things are not dead in the water. If if he just says nope, Ohio State is home. I'm not going anywhere else. Well, then you know you kind of have to. Take your lumps and move on. Text line says, did Ohio State drop a bag? I, man, I remember reading a story 
was it uh, it was like six months ago or so where um, Ryan Day was basically urging Ohio State businesses to help out with their NIL fund. Not saying that Ohio State doesn't do NIL because I think everyone is nowadays, but Ohio State doesn't seem like they're one of the major players in NIL. So I, I just I don't think that that was the overwhelming factor here. They they're a player in NIL. I'll say that. But not Ohio one of the State. major ones. No, they're not on the same level right now as Miami, Texas A&M, Oregon, etc. But Ohio State's tossing around money. I, I, I will go ahead and affirm that. I do not have any reason to believe that's what swung this recruitment. Peyton Pierce was just tired of the recruiting process. And, again, as I mentioned, Ohio State is pretty good about getting guys to shut it down early. That's not Oklahoma's game. That's not what they emphasize under Brent Venable's leadership. But you saw it a, a week earlier with James Peoples. You're seeing it again here with Peyton Pierce. Ohio State is good at pressing early and getting guys to commit. Yeah, out of the state of Texas, too. I mean, how many times have we brought that up the past two weeks? This is like a banner year for them if they get Peyton Pierce tonight at 6 p.m., which it seems like that's going to happen. They're going to have one of their better years in the state of Texas, potentially, which it's, it's down to a final six tonight. Uh, Texas... A&M, Tennessee, Ohio State, OU, and Notre Dame are the final six, but really everyone believes that it's going to be Ohio State tonight um, with all the recent crystal balls, all the buzz. Was he at Ohio State this past weekend? Is that where he was at? Was, was, he? He, was he in Columbus? Uh, I don't know. He, I know he, he was, was in Columbus in re- recently, I think, maybe. But yeah. regardless, it feels like it's Ohio State. Now the question is, why the Buckeyes? What happened? How did Ohio State win over this one? James Laurinaitis is kind of where you start on this whole deal, right? When exactly. talking about why. Exactly. And Laurinaitis was a guy that had a really strong relationship with Pierce at Notre Dame. Once he took a job on Ohio State's staff in late January, that relationship carried over. Peyton Pierce booked an official to Ohio State even before he had ever been up to campus there. And, again, sometimes you just lose. Sometimes you just lose a recruiting battle. And James Laurinaitis in Ohio State, they won this one. OU didn't drop the ball. OU had a lot of their staffers, including Brent Venables, very heavily involved in their pursuit of Peyton Pierce. It just wasn't enough, or isn't enough right now, yeah. I should say. Because, again, I much like Aaron Flowers, don't really get the sense that this is one OU is going to completely give up on. I don't think this is why um, OU, at least for now, has seemingly lost out on this recruitment. I think that this was going to be true regardless, but it just kind of like shines a light on it. Um, There's a lot of reasons why they need to have a much better year defensively this year, like kind of a breakout season. But especially when it comes to recruiting, Parker, like this, this defense with the schedule that they have, year two, like everything that's coming up, like OU really needs to have a, a big breakout season defensively. Like, they're going to continue to be in on highly ranked prospects defensively, and they're going to get some of those highly ranked prospects uh, moving forward. They're going to miss out on some of those guys, but having a big-time year defensively I think is going to go a long way in maybe you faring better with some of these four-star, five-star backers and defensive linemen. They they need that bad this year, man, yeah, especially and, after last year. And there are plenty of other backers on the board right now for Oklahoma that are high on OU and high on Brent Venables. Jordan Lockhart, Kamori House, the two Bosco kids out of the state of California, certainly guys worth watching. Braden Platt from Yelm, Washington, we've talked about him. Ty Anthony Smith, obviously Sammy Brown 
that's a guy that Oklahoma is at the very least in the mix for. So there are options. It sucks to miss on Pierce because outside of Eli Bowen, that's the kid that I would have considered probably the highest percentage mortal lock to Oklahoma in the 2024 class. So it sucks to not land that kid, but that's recruiting, Tyler. Yeah. You move on. You <laughs> identify the next guy on the board. You do your best to bring him in. Uh, Win four, some, you lose some. 405-651-3439 is the text line. Angry Ronnie says, Laurinaitis, greater sign, Venables. So I don't know if Angry Ronnie wants James Laurinaitis to be the next head coach in Oklahoma, but he says that Laurinaitis right now is greater sign over Brent Venables. Brad in Bartlesville says, it's a hard pill to swallow, but time to move on. Wish him the best at Ohio State. Maybe we can flip him. Just have to move on. Well, I, I mean, I, I know what you mean by move on, Brad, but I don't think OU's going to move on from this one. Like, they're, they're still going to press and, and hopefully flip this one and make it happen. Like, maybe we as like who follow recruiting can move on, but, I mean, this is still something that we're going to monitor in the next couple of months to see if he makes his way to Norman. And if he doesn't make his way to Norman at all this summer, like the rest of the spring and the summer, then the writing's probably on the wall, right? So the next two to three months could be a pretty good indicator as to if OU has a realistic chance of uh, of flipping him or not. We'll see. I'm also Mm -hmm. curious to see whether the Hawkins factor comes into play because I mentioned it last week. Hawkins and Peyton Pierce, they're close. They've played together. They've been high school teammates and classmates. If Oklahoma can swing Peyton Pierce from his presumed commitment to Ohio State, I think Michael Hawkins is going to have to be instrumental in that effort. Kyle from Shawnee, Ryan Day must be in panic mode. He needs to get the best players in the golf so he can beat Michigan and win a national championship. If he doesn't do both those things, I see Ryan Day will be let go as the coach at Ohio State. He's another mule shoe. Yeah, this is a, uh, for what Ohio State is trying to get back to defensively, as much as this kind of feels like a gut punch right now, this is a huge win for Ohio State. Getting a, um, what might be a top 100 player at linebacker from the state of Texas, like that, that's, that's, a, that's a big win for the Buckeyes and the staff, for sure. It's a huge win. We'll see if and they can develop it or not and get back to having a good defense, but in terms of recruiting, this is a really good get for them. From the 405, it's all Hawkins' fault. If he doesn't push his commitment back, he could have gotten Pierce up to campus more and shut down early before Ohio State got Laurinaitis. He added the disclaimer that that was sarcasm, which I would hope (laughs) is obvious. But then again, it can be difficult to tell with how many asinine takes we get on the text line every day. Uh, Let's see. If he commits to OU tonight, 1-10, to how shocked are you, Park? From the 405. I think that's you. I think you're Park. 10. 10. If he if he commits to Ohio, uh, to Oklahoma tonight, it will be entirely shocking. That's the same. That's the same case for Texas, for A and M, and everyone else that was listed in the top six, not named Ohio State. Does he have a girlfriend at OU? Says Brad. That's a great question, Brad. Uh, we need to get him one here before six p.m. tonight. I don't know if we can make that happen. Camo Sooner, is there any connection to the commitment dates of Pearson Hawkins being so close together? Well, wouldn't that be nice, Camo Sooner? Wouldn't it be nice if there were any correlation there? Because if there was any correlation, then you'd be a lot more confident right now if you're an OU fan. But no, Ohio State is in line to get his pledge. Uh, 405, I don't panic about April losses with the staff. They are late risers and we'll get their guys. Yeah, um, I don't think that linebacker recruiting necessarily looks bleak right now, but you need some good news to happen at backer recruiting. 
I heard you say last hour that they're probably going to take two there. Um, you're in on Sammy Brown, but that one's going to be a tough battle to win. You need some good news at the backer position here is, is really what you need. You got, some go- you got some good players on the board for sure, but I would think your one-two on the board are Sammy Brown and, um, and Peyton Pierce, right? Yeah. Most likely. Several on the text line have suggested that OU needs to plant a girlfriend for yeah, Peyton Pierce. I just read that one like two minutes ago, and I said if we can get that done by 6 p.m. tonight, that'd be great. So I don't know if you can figure that out or not, or someone on the text line, but it, it wouldn't hurt, right? Oh, man. This is – It's actually is not as first... bad. It's not as bad as I thought it would be no, this first it's not. segment. But it's the first time in this cycle that you feel legit jilted if you're an OU fan. I wrote it happened that down. several times. Happened several times last cycle. And that's what I want to remind everybody of more so than anything else is because this is the nature of recruiting. There will be guys that are trending heavily to your school, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're committed elsewhere. It happens every single year just as there are kids that will be heavily trending elsewhere, and boom, they're committed to Oklahoma. It, it all comes out in the wash eventually. It doesn't make it easier to swallow right now, but there will be brighter days ahead on the recruiting t- trail for this staff and this program. Uh, first heartbreak of the 2024 class. I, I, I wrote that down b- yeah. before the show started today. And I think what makes this the uh, what what makes this kind of the, the the toughest about it is probably the OU connections that he has, right? I mean, you felt like you were in on him from the beginning, but with the OU connections that he has, yeah, that that's probably what makes this the the toughest to stomach at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I, I made the comparison. It's like Colton Vossett going to Oklahoma. Peyton Pierce going to Ohio State is a lot like Colton Vossett going to Oklahoma. Maybe not a quite quite an apples to apples comparison, but that especially with the timeline, man, that's what it feels like. Feels like everything suggests that this kid was going to be a sooner, and then boom, all of a sudden, whoa, it's over. He's going somewhere else. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. I don't know. Maybe tell us something good on the text line right now. We'll give you something good that's going on in the twenty twenty four recruiting class. You send us something good that's going on right now. Anything OU related. Or with this 2024 class. Text it in. We'll get to that and a whole lot more next. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the homeless suitor fans. And I got to say, Parker, through the good, the bad, and the in-between, the ref army is here every single day. Today is no different. They're listening in Australia internationally. In the Philippines, in Japan, London, England, and in the States today, we have Laurel, Mississippi, Spring City, Tennessee, Culpeper, Virginia, Waco, Texas, and Asher, Oklahoma is our small town of the day. So many people listening via the Ref app, K-R-E-F in the App Store. A lot of international listeners today. Asher. Asher. South? Yeah, you go to Asher from Norman like you're going to Ada, I want to say. At oh, least yeah, that's that a way right. to go. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, a, it's a pretty small town. Which, uh, by the way, thank you for everyone listening uh, again via the uh, KREF app. And a uh, reminder that uh, where you're at listening nationwide, brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment. Locations in OKC and on Main Street in Norman. They will beat any local competitor's prices. That's K&N Furniture Consignment. And now for the uh, good news on the text line. Maggie says, the women's golf team beat both Texas and Oklahoma State in match play this weekend. 
There's some good news. Sugar Shane, uh, Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, good news is we have quite a ways to go before February 1st. Trust the process. That is true, Shane. A long way to go until February. I would more focus on that December dates, but yeah, we can look at February as well. Uh, Santa John says, to Peyton Pierce, it ain't over till it's over. National Signing Day. Uh, 817, good news. We have a true leader in BV and no longer have a snake in the house with Muleshoe. Recruiting will be fine. Uh, this one for the 405, start recruiting California penal. Bring back them thugs. That's their first text ever. So thank you for interacting with the show. How about some good? Can you, uh, can you bring us some good news, whether it be with the team or with the recruiting currently right now? Since the Peyton Pierce news is dominating the uh, recruiting cycle today. Well, the good news is it sounds like, and I, th- I, th- I would hope this was already known, but had, had a conversation with a real good source this morning, and it sounds like things are heating up even quicker than we thought between OU and Devon Mitchell. That's not a bad sign. No, at not at all. Not at all. Also, we'll add, things are heating up very quickly as well between OU and four-star edge Joseph Jonah Ajonie out of the state of Texas. Now, that is a kid that I think – when you look at what he's done this offseason on the camp circuit, you watch the tape on him. I He's not nearly in the same league as P.J. Atabare, but I think that's a guy that is definitely destined to rise, potentially into the top 100. Extremely underrated kid at this point in the process. And so I think he is one of the guys that could be poised to capitalize if Jay Sean Ross, the four-star edge, out of the Kansas City area, continues to take his time with the recruiting process. I think there's a very real possibility that the two edges in this class for Oklahoma are Joseph Jonah Ajonye and Will Nguyenary. I'll give you some good news. Desan McCullough gave uh, Caleb Hicks his welcome to college football moment yesterday in practice right on the goal line. Yeah, that was Actually, two yards in the backfield. That was pretty cool. That, uh, that happened right, uh, around 5 o'clock or so. So Teddy and I were on the air. Uh, but I guess you guys, like the media, got to see that live, right? Desan McCullough just like, whoa, okay. And we were joking at the time that there's just been this thought out there. I mean, like what Desan McCullough is having to learn at Cheetah is that's really, really difficult and – we're just over halfway through the spring ball. Like, of course, he's not just going to walk through the door and know everything that goes into playing that cheetah position. So there was this thought of like, oh, he's been disappointing up to this point. Uh, he, he's, he's not as good as we thought. Hold back on that take a little bit. We were joking that ev- after everyone saw that play yesterday, there's going to be the thought now moving forward of, oh, yeah, actually, Desan McCullough is really good and he's going to be one of your better, better players on defense. Regardless of what actually happens, that was a uh, that was a play that he made yesterday in the backfield. That that's what you want to see from him. That's exactly well. What that's exactly for. the Desan McCullough that people were sold on getting when he transferred from Indiana. That was the freshman All American that Sooner fans expected they were bringing onto the roster. Like seeing him make that type of play, fan, pretty much everybody collectively on social media went, "Okay, there it is. There's what we've been waiting on with that kid," and. Granted, it's spring, and spring is kind of a cheap facsimile of what you're going to see from these guys in the fall and not necessarily an indication of who's going to be playing on the first team, who's going to be standing out when the actual season starts. But 
never a bad thing when you're seeing your highly touted defensive transfer just bury a dude in the backfield like that in live 100% speed full action. Yeah, it uh, looked good, man. That's for sure. Caleb Hicks, that was probably his welcome to college football moment if he hasn't gotten it already. Maybe he has with the uh, limited viewing window that we get to see at practice. But what was the highlight outside of that play? Because I'm sure that that was the, the highlight out of anything that was said yesterday or if anything that was seen in practice. Anything else that was a big highlight outside of Desan McCullough? Make it a fourth down stop at the goal line? From the open portion, that was certainly the one that stood out the most. I would say stood out head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, I don't even know if anything else could be. Like, even something that was said after practice yesterday, I don't even know what would compare to that. Yeah. Guess you had a position change on the defensive line from the outside to the inside with Jonah Lou, uh, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, but that 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 <laughs> that's not going to get as much play as uh, what we saw yesterday. No, uh, from the nine one eight, who would you bet on starting at corner out, opposite of Woody Washington? Well, there's a couple of candidates, um, maybe one or two that are most likely right now. I did see twenty four seven Sports one early impact freshman for each top twenty five team, and Josiah Wagner. Josiah Wagner was listed as the impact freshman for OU in 2023. He's definitely in that mix. I don't think that he's the only one, but could he be the starting corner this year? We'll see how the rest of the spring plays out, but he's he's impressed so far up to this point. He has. I would put money on Gentry Williams right now, though. That's like probably it, where the majority of the, the money is. To being, me, it's a, it's a dogfight between him and Kendall Dolby. And Macari Vickers and Josiah Wagner have both been really, really good, but those are still true freshmen in a cornerback room that is not necessarily devoid of talent outside of Woody Washington. Gentry Williams can play. Kendall Dolby can play. I don't question that you will see Josiah Wagner and Macari Vickers, but I am far from being on the train of saying, okay, you're going to see either of those guys in a starting role this fall. Uh, for the 405, Parker should be more concerned. Linebacker isn't a huge need this class, but the board looks bad. Brown isn't coming here. Platt and Smith are only maybes and are unlikely. Lockhart is an edge player. House sucks. Class wow. cornered themselves into Pierce or Bust and then busted. I said it wasn't bad the first segment. That, that text right there may make up for everything that I said about the first segment not being that bad. And that, that right there... That is the essence of pessimism captured in that text. Oklahoma's going to be just fine at the linebacker position. They will be. I am as worried about linebacker as I am about wide receiver, which is to say I am never worried about that position group at the University of Oklahoma as long as this current coaching staff is in place. Because if there's one thing Brent Venables knows how to do, it's identify and develop linebackers. And you know what? Oklahoma didn't get Troy Bowles last cycle either. Remember when he was the guy that they were really pressing hard for in the early maybe stage they of finished, the summer? Maybe they finished second on that one. Yeah, to Georgia. Yeah, exactly. So the point is, the guys you got in Lewis Carter and Samuel Masigo, I, I would say rewind to last April, a week and a half before the spring game last year. Samuel Masigo was certainly a guy that OU was trending nicely for. At that time. But would anybody have guessed that Phil Pachotti and Lewis Carter would end up in OU's class? At that time, no, absolutely not. 
oh, OU really didn't start to heat up with Pachotti until May. And they really didn't start to heat up with Lewis Carter until after they hosted him on an official visit in mid-June. So my point is, this is not the end of the road at linebacker for Oklahoma, and I would dissuade you from shoehorning it into that perspective because there are plenty of other targets that Venables and his staff have eyes on, and when the time comes for them to close on one of those guys, they'll they'll close on somebody, even if it's not a Peyton Pierce or a Sammy Brown. And the guy that they close on – is not going to be just a body for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say right now that, I mean, there's, there is a chance that even if they don't get the two linebackers that we're mentioning here, there's still a chance that they could land a top 100 player at linebacker. I'm thinking of Braden Platt, correct? Yep. The four-star backer out of yep. the state of Washington. I think he's a top 100 player right now, currently, in the rankings, and we'll see what happens to him. Um, throughout the summer and throughout the season if he if he rises even more or takes a drop. But he was a guy that was on campus last week, and they're going to continue to push for Pierce. But if you, if you realize the importance now that, okay, we really got to go get someone else at the linebacker position, they'll push even harder, I'm sure, for a guy like Braden Platt. So I, I'm not telling you that that's a likely scenario. I'm just saying even without those two, like they're still in on at least one top 100 linebacker. Ronnie Crimson points out, Pichotti to OU started to heat up when a certain someone began to tweet at him. Yeah, well. Fair, fair point, Ronnie. It's like day 110 for Ronnie Crimson tweeting at David Stone. Seems like Ronnie needs to get after a couple linebackers yeah. here just yeah, to assuage everyone. Do you think he needs to worries. pivot and uh, not focus on defensive line recruiting and go to backer recruiting all of a sudden? I don't know. Why not both? Maybe he could is, do both. Is Ronnie a one prospect per cycle type of guy? Or? I did see some people get, um, and and I would I strongly advise against this, but getting worried about uh, things that David Hicks was saying in like a Q&A on uh, Instagram. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, David Hicks or David Stone? David Stone, sorry. Okay, my okay, bad. Okay. Thoughts on A&M? If my sister enrolled there instead of OU, I'd be an Aggie right Listen, now. Listen, he's like, screwing with everyone. <laughs> no, no, that's what I say. Don't, like, don't get... Everybody, please take it easy on the David Stone stuff. This is not anywhere close to being over. And you know what? (laughs) Until it is, I would advise you not to put too much emotional investment into this recruitment because it's going to be emotionally exhausting. Dave, if you're a Sooner fan. David from Dale City, so frustrating to hear all the negative Nancys about this team. The coaches have more experience than the couch coaches. Ronnie Crimson says, strictly one prospect per cycle. I'm doing that in order to stop any Todd Bates land. Hey, that's a noble endeavor there, Ronnie Crimson. I respect it. Well, first heartbreak of the cycle. It's not going to be the last, most likely. But good news is surely on the way. For the 2024 OU recruiting class oh, at gosh. some point. By the way, yeah, let's just... I, Remember Tyler said that, people. Peyton Pierce is not the last prospect in this class for which OU is favored who will suddenly decide he likes somewhere else better. This will happen again, probably multiple times, and everything will be okay. Text line, hit us up there. We'll talk more OU football and recruiting coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Homo Sooner fans. <laughs> Assistance is here if you need it. Thanks to the text line. This is from the 918. Feel free to give out my number. 
I'm in graduate school to become a therapist and would be able to help all of those who are getting overly emotionally invested in recruiting that is completely out of their control. So see, we the text line can offer assistance and help on here. If you are one on April 11th that is uh, very emotionally distraught about what's happening with OU recruiting right now, we have texters on the text line that can help you out with that. You can see a therapist via the text line. Feel free to give out my number, 918-237-7726. I bet bet, uh, he or she is booked up by the end of the day after uh, today's news. They really ought to just run ads with us. Seriously. No joke, we always have doomers on the text line. Probably make for some pretty good business. Yeah. Uh, How are we supposed to change some of these kids' minds to come if we dogpile on them every time they decide not to? (laughs) Is anyone doing that about Peyton Pierce today? No, I don't think so. There was one texter, I think it was Dylan, who said earlier, Peyton Pierce should be on the do not sign list. Can't stay healthy. Been ridden like a rented mule. Outside of that, I I don't think there's been any outright Peyton Pierce slander. Nine one eight. Where would you predict Hawkins being ranked when it's all said and done? I I think that he's like in terms of he's a top one hundred or a top one hundred fifty player or not. I don't know about that. I I just I tend to believe that he's going to be a ranked ranked as a four star by twenty four seven Sports by the time it's all said and done. I feel pretty good, very good, that he'll be a four-star composite. In 24-7 sports rankings, I'm going to guess he ends up being a four-star on well, signing day. Well, let's hope so, because they're really the only service that is not high on Michael Hawkins to the point of having him within the top 150, top 200. I think the kid has what it takes to be a top 100 player by the end of the cycle. And if he performs the way I expect him to perform in the Elite 11 semifinals and finals this summer – as well as his senior year at Frisco Emerson, I think this is a kid that can push for top 100 status. I don't expect him to be a five-star. I don't expect him to be the number one quarterback in this cycle, as Jackson Arnold was in the eyes of some recruiting services. I think it's a little late to make that type of climb. But he is underrated, and he is immensely talented. Uh, 847 area code, is Jackson Arnold taking reps in practice? Don't hear much in the report. If I missed it, how does he look? Uh, he looks really good, and yes, he is taking reps. Any indication on if he's taking second team reps? Yes. Second yes, team he reps now. Second team reps started as a third team reps um, in spring ball when that first started, but already second team reps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, not shocking. It was a matter of when, not if Jackson Arnold was going to end up taking second team reps. Now he's has he looked good? Yes. Very. Does that mean that the conversation about him being a starter this year is any more real than what it was to start the spring not necessarily I mean he's he's looked like you would hope that he would look like a five-star quarterback coming in but I think the conversation of who's the starting quarterback and what's the likelihood that Jackson Arnold plays this year I think it is probably right around the same percentage as it was to start the spring and the and the percentage was when it started the spring is Dylan Gabriel's going to be your starter this year could Jackson Arnold figure into the rotation? Sure, yeah. I mean, depending on how Dylan Gabriel plays, but he's he was your dude to start the spring, and he's he's your starter right now. That that hasn't changed. Let me ask you this: Would it be all that shocking to you if Oklahoma found ways to get Jackson Arnold on the field in situational circumstances 
just on random and you know any given Saturday because you remember before Caleb Williams took the job from Spencer Rattler in 2021 he was playing six eight snaps a game yeah well let's think about when that's happened in the past decade you've had Blake Bell as a backup quarterback that's you know gotten into situations that was more of a you know the belldozer package we know that Kyler Murray did that with the Heisman Trophy winner on the field we know why Kyler did that to utilize his speed you mentioned Caleb Williams. I think that was to utilize some athleticism. So, I mean, in just the past 10 years that we, we've seen that happen, we've seen that be the case, I guess my question is, does Jackson Arnold have a skill set that you want to utilize right away as a true freshman that Dylan Gabriel does not have? I mean, I think that Jackson Arnold is more mobile than Dylan Gabriel. Yeah. Are we all good with that? So, I, I don't. I don't think it's... I don't think it's necessarily crazy. You just got to figure it. Like, it has to be, we got to put him in there because he's really athletic and things happen when he's in the game. But hopefully you're good enough running the ball and goal line and short yardage situations that you, you don't necessarily need that to be the case. Oh, you remember this from the 918? Yep. Chandler Morris scored in the Big 12 championship game. We didn't see yeah. him. We didn't see him in that role all year long, did we? No. Like they just came up with sudden, that in the boom. Big Twelve Championship game. He ran in a touchdown. QB sweep and Chandler Morris has the first touchdown of the 2020 Big Twelve Championship game. But no, there is something to be said for mobility at the quarterback position, and Jackson Arnold offers that. And I think Dylan Gabriel offers that too. But in terms of how do I even put this? I think he's faster than Dylan Gabriel. I think he's more resilient than Dylan Gabriel. And to be honest, I think he's more unafraid than Dylan Gabriel, which is natural, right? Because Jackson Arnold has never been speared across the face like Dylan Gabriel did <laughs> against TCU last year. So I I think there's a world in which it happens. Now, what I will not sit here and say if you start to see Dylan Gabriel or you start to see Jackson Arnold for three, four snaps a game situationally is I'm not going to sit here and say okay well this is the indication that Dylan Gabriel's job is in jeopardy I don't think that's going to be the case if Dylan Gabriel's going to lose his job he's going to have to actively lose his job well that's- there yeah I mean everything we just said there's also and I think that we could all agree on this there's also some incentive like some future incentive for putting Jackson Arnold in the game this year is is there not and not just in mop-up situations when hopefully there's a lot of games that you're winning by 28 points, but, I mean, Jackson Arnold's kind of your future at the position. And his first year as a starter is going to be in the big, bad SEC. So is he necessarily a change-up from Baker to Kyler? Like, that level of change-up in terms of athleticism? Maybe not when you're talking about Dylan Gabriel to Jackson Arnold. But there's definitely some value looking ahead to 2024 that get, getting Jackson Arnold in some live reps and meaningful snaps like that's that could be a pretty good idea for the future. That, could, I, that, that would help out a little bit. Yeah, and also I just think it's good for a guy to mentally prepare in that regard and trot out there with 85,000 fans in his ear and be, get the opportunity to prove to himself that he's ready for this because it's one thing to envision it. It's another thing to experience it. And so I, I really do think that could be hugely beneficial to Jackson Arnold, even if it's only a couple snaps here, a couple snaps there. But again, for my money, Dylan Gabriel is your guy. And I think best case scenario in 2023, 
Arnold is not playing any meaningful snaps. If he is playing meaningful snaps, you've got a problem somewhere. I don't think I don't think he's playing in 2023 because he's just that wondrous that you have to demote a really good, really stable version of Dylan Gabriel in order to get him on the field. 918 Arnold allows Levy to run Dylan Gabriel more. I agree with that. Ty from Bartlesville, Jackson Arnold is freaking good, but him becoming the second team starter a couple of weeks into spring ball shows how wonderful our backups were last year. And then uh, sarcasm is uh, listed there. I ain't telling no shrink my crouton problems. I push him down and self-medicate, says a texter in the 405. Fair enough. We all deal with our crouton disappointments in our own unique ways. Do we not? Yeah. Well, this this, uh, this has been the big news today. I thought that uh, Cliff going to USC might be the big news today. Is, is he percentage chance? Percentage chance that Cliff Kingsbury is the next head coach at USC when Muleshoe uh, hops off to the NFL? 70%. Ooh, that's a very high percentage. Yes. but what, Consider it, though. It makes a ton of sense. If you're going to convince your staff and your recruits that – Mule shoe leaving the program as he is doing in this hypothetical realm in which we're living for the moment. If you're going to convince your staff and your recruits that there's going to be as little change as possible post mule shoe, you just bring in NFL mule shoe to fill his shoes, his mule shoes. <laughs> and that would be Cliff Kingsbury, right? Well, I, he like Cliff fa- Kingsbury is the closest thing to mule shoe that has ever coached in the NFL. He'll fail up once again, so I guess it wouldn't be all that shocking. Leave it to Cliff Kingsbury if that happens to go uh, 35 and 40 at Texas Tech, fail up to the Arizona Cardinals, go 28 and 38, and then get the USC job. Well, in somebody the end. brought it up on the text line earlier. Mule shoe and Cliff Kingsbury are both just kind of their own breed of cat. And they kind of fit each other in that realm. But there's so many similarities there, right? Raised in the air raid discipline at Texas Tech. Longtime assistant, play caller. Cliff Kingsbury gets his break at Texas Tech. Lincoln Riley gets his at Oklahoma. And now you have a situation where Riley is very much on the up on an upward trajectory as far as his coaching career. And Cliff Kingsbury is now looking to rebound. And so... No doubt the support from a guy like Muleshoe at a place like USC is a welcome change for Cliff, and it enables him to be the natural successor if Muleshoe's ready to move on. Maybe he'll go be the next head coach at the University of Thailand. I didn't even know he was back from Thailand. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's working remotely. (laughs) Maybe Maybe he's just zooming into the position meetings. Uh, 405-651-3439. More of your text, more college football next. Keep it locked on the ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Uh, say, some say stop talking about Peyton Pierce. Others say just tuned in. What are you guys talking about? You yeah, no, this text is up. so confusing to me. What recruiting disappointment? Just started listening, and you won't shut up about Cliff and Muleshoe. <laughs> we had that conversation for literally two minutes, Tyler. Uh, recruiting disappointment, Peyton Pierce, uh, uh, committing tonight at 6 p.m. And it sounds like it's going to be Ohio State. That's the, uh, recruiting disappointment we were, uh, referencing there. So we'll see what happens at 6 p.m. tonight. Um, by the way, one early impact freshman for 2023, 
OU's player was Josiah Wagner. Texas, no surprise, it was Arch Manning. Any what? scuttlebutt on how uh, Arch is faring down in Austin? Uh, do, I, do I care enough? I do not. Therefore, I, I have not bothered to put out feelers on how Arch is doing. I'm just, I'm just surprised awesome. it hasn't been thrown in our face about how awesome he is. Cause it- and that's kind of my thing. Like, I, I haven't really gone digging for Arch Manning insights just because Arch is a high-profile enough individual. You have that to dig. It'll find the, you. Exactly. If there was buzz, if there were the thought that Arch is going to supplant Quinn Ewers or Arch is going to start for Texas at some point in 2023, if that thought was out there, we would have heard it by now. Uh, K State's is uh, Avery Johnson, one of the uh, higher-rated quarterbacks yeah. they've signed here recently. Yeah, that he could kid's be tough. good, man. That kid is good. Could be tough for sure. So Josiah Wagner, yeah, for a true freshman at corner. It sounds like, uh, and I think that you've mentioned this before. Like even his dad didn't necessarily think he was going to be an instant impact guy, yeah. but Josiah Wagner's played at a level of. There's a chance he's an instant impact guy. His dad, I was talking to him at the All-American Bowl. He was like, yeah, listen, I, I, I'm i under the impression my son's going to redshirt, and he'll get a year to bulk up, and we'll see where things go from there. He did not count on Josiah being a day-one player. Unfortunately, nobody relayed the message to Josiah that he wasn't supposed to be a day-one player. Yeah, no kidding. Because- hey, uh, by the way, April 22nd is the spring game. If you're coming to Norman, come by to Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. We'll be there for pregame coverage from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Four hours of uh, spring game coverage at Yo Pablo on Campus Corner. And then as soon as the game is over, we'll have a two-hour postgame show from Yo Pablo as well. One more text before we get out of here. Oh, boy. From the 580, David Stone is losing the OU fan base. Is it time to give up on him and move on? It's not time to give up and move on. It's, it's time, just to stop time to stop talking about attention. David Stone. Yes, yes. OU is not giving up and moving on from him anytime soon, at least I don't think. Bob Stoops coming your way at 320. The rush is next. Keep it locked in the ref.